Welcome to the Twisted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, broadcasting from our studios in East Tennessee and Central Florida, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. My name is Jack and I'm sitting here with my best friend Chris. Say hi. Hello, everybody. And we're going to be your hosts on this new adventure into theme park media. So, you excited? Yes, I am. Now let everybody get to know us a little better. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. We've done some practice episodes, but this is the first time we're going to put it out there and be judged. Yep. Yeah. So, a bit about us. I'll let you start. Okay. Hello, my name's Chris. Um, I live in Central Florida. I'm directly in between Tampa and Orlando, so I have many home parks, and Bush Gardens will always be my favorite. Um, I'm at a credit count of 186, hoping to get 200 this summer. Uh, I love mock rides and B&M, and uh, outside of theme parks, I like to play and watch both basketball and football, and I play video games as well. And that's pretty much me. Awesome. And my name's Jack. I live in East Tennessee. I'm about an hour away from Dollywood, so that's my home park. I've got Kings Island and Carowinds four hours away from me, so I get to visit those pretty free, uh, pretty frequently, too. And then outside of theme parks, um, well, also inside theme parks, I'm a photographer. I run the Thrilling Moments Photography Twitter page. Um, I love taking pictures. I love my camera. And so I take pictures most of the time at theme parks, but I also do it outside of parks as well. And I also golf. I bowl. involved in a lot of communities. And also, you mentioned yours. I have 225 credits right now. I don't know if I might get to 300 this year. It'd be nice, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I, we'll so, see what happens. I could get close. A lot of it, um, and I was actually talking with my dad earlier today, and you and I texted a little bit. This um, we we're just kind of planning, just spitballing trip ideas. So who knows what's going to happen? Yep. So um, you want to get so, into it? Yeah, our our first segment that we're going to do, and this will basically be how every episode starts off with. Our first segment will be our weekly news. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Just Whatever's happened in the week since our last episode, we'll go over, throw our opinions in on it, try to keep each topic precise. So uh, should we should we jump into our first topic for the week? Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, so like you said, it's literally pulling news. So I think first thing we're going to talk about is what's really happening in the world right now, right? COVID-19. Yep. Um. Chris and I talked about this um, when we weren't recording. We talked about this a few days ago, and we both agreed we really don't want to talk about it during this episode. This is our first episode. We want to have fun with it. We want to be able to go back in 10 years, and if we're still doing this in 10 years, that'd be awesome. But go back in 10 years and be able to listen to this and not listen to like all the negativity that's really happening in the world right now and just be able to listen to a fun episode. So Exactly. I think, uh, yeah, it's so the debut just, episode. You don't want to let it get ruined. Yeah, exactly. So I think with that said, 
we're going to do our best to avoid mentioning the entire rest of the show. So we're probably going to fail at that, but we're going to try our best. So We will try. Okay, so um, as far as this week's news go, with everything that's going on and we don't have a whole lot to talk about, there's really only three stories that we have. Uh, the first being the new B&M track, somebody got a picture of. A lot of people have been speculating. Cedar Point, I don't know if I fully believe that because there's so many other options that it could be. But some people are thinking it's going to be a flyer to Cedar Point. Others think it's going to be Blue Harvest. We'll we'll see what it ends up being. Yeah. So yeah, that was the number one. This showed up on Reddit a few days ago. Um, the post was actually deleted, and the user who posted it deleted their account not long after this was posted. So we can speculate on that, but we'll just let y'all form your opinions on what you think that means. The important thing is the track showed unpainted track that was extremely twisty. So we're not talking a hyper or a dive or anything. This one was really twisty. So invert or flyer. And if yeah, it's going to Cedar Point, it's going to be a flyer because they already had what is, in my opinion, one of the better inverts around. Um, so why would they need another one? Yeah. You and I also got into an interesting discussion the other night about some other weird things it could be. We talked about what if it was the Sea World Wing, but we kind of both ruled that one out. And then we had the idea, and I'll let you talk about it because it's if this happens. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Sea World Orlando 4D. Um, yeah. The, I know it's kind of been speculated that uh, BM could do this at one point, and some people were thinking Sea World Orlando. Uh, the only reason I think it could be a 4D is because. If they did it like Arrow did it, and you know the track can go both ways, like it's inverted and just normal, like a wing coaster would be, then it would make sense for it to look like a flyer or invert track at at certain spots. Mm -hmm. And it also explain like why it's so twisty and how it's, it just looks really different from any other B and M track I've seen. Um, and I, I will have to throw the shout-out to Screamscape, because they were one of the first people to report this um, like possible SeaWorld 4D coaster, which my, I'm in love with X2, so like the idea of another like 4D coaster in that style in the United States, and just in per like period, because there's only three of them, just makes me so happy. Especially with B&M smoothness. Yeah, B&M smooth, and like, Hot take, people. I know you. Some of you are gonna be like, "Yep, I totally agree." And some of you are gonna be like, "Is he crazy?" I thought X two was actually really smooth. I can hear my dad probably going crazy downstairs because he doesn't think it's smooth, but I thought it was smooth. So I'm yet to ride X two, but I want to really badly. So if we got something like that at one of my home parks, I'd freak out for sure. I'd be really happy. But I'm so. Yeah, this could be Blue Harvest, could be Cedar Point, could be SeaWorld, could be some random Asian or Europe, uh, European project that we don't know about. It, yeah, they it's get really so all many speculative. B and M's in China and Japan and just Asia in general. It's like it's hard to keep up with how many are being built. Yeah. Um. So okay. Yeah, that's uh, Cedar Point B and M. Um. Maybe possibly could be something else. Let's move on to our next one, which I think we're both 
really excited for because this is something we know is happening. And yeah, it's Jersey that is, Devil. Uh, Jersey Devil, yes. Construction moving along very nicely, even with the whole situation that we're in right now. Uh, stall is done. The uh, the first art, yeah, the second turnaround. If you count like the inversion thing as a turnaround, then it's the second turnaround is uh, about halfway complete. I want to say, and this thing looks so good. I can't wait to ride this. Yeah, um, I you've had the chance to ride Wonder Woman. I've gotten to ride both Wonder Woman and Railblazer. The single rails are just crazy. And I remember getting off Wonder Woman, and I had this very silly thoughts when I got off Railblazer. If this ride were a little taller, a little faster, and a little longer, this would be a top 10, top 15 coaster. This is the answer to that, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, because I didn't have those thoughts after getting off Wonder Woman. When I rode Wonder Woman, I thought, like, it's crazy intense. It's got crazy pacing. It's got really good airtime. But uh, there were just a couple transitions that felt awkward with the restraints. So we're going to have to see how uh, how Jersey Devil does in comfort. I do think it will work out better with it being more out and back and way less twisty. The only real transitions you will have is the, the few turns that it has and going into inversions. So uh, I think it will definitely be better and could be better than a lot of the iBoxes. But I'm going to keep yeah. my expectations fairly low so I'm not that disappointed. And I'll throw two things in. Um, one of them, it was brought up by, I can't remember who on Twitter, and I'm sorry I'm not giving you credit, but I remember they said because this is going to run those longer trains, I think this is going to have 12 cars instead of 8. They have to draw out those transitions some more. That's so true. Won't be as whippy. I think there's still going to be plenty of whip, but I know we're going to, it's not going to be Wonder Woman or Railblazer, I don't think, in terms of its whippiness. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be the most whippy ride anyway, with it being out and back. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, and this is something you and I found a couple of weeks ago, and I don't, I've never seen anyone else talk about it. We have very, very, very good reason to believe that they redesigned the restraints. A little bit. Yeah, the tiniest bit of difference. Like, we were, I think we spent like 15, 20 minutes, like, looking at these things, like, debating whether or not there was even a change made. But what we ended up determining, I basically, is that on the, I'm going to go back and find the photos when we were comparing them. Um, once, what we basically determined is that on the original trains, the seats were like set back in line with where the restraints attached. And that so, these yeah. new. Ones, that like made the restraint hit your neck some and all that and made it a little more tight, I'd say. It, it was yeah. like just easier to hit it. And what we determined when we saw the picture of um, the Jersey Devil trains that uh, I think it was Great Adventure posted, it looks like the seats come forward a little more. So the restraint's not going to hit your neck as much and it will just more like lay naturally, mm -hmm. which is going to be, I think, an improvement. Because that, that is one other thing. I said the taller, longer, faster thing, and it would be a top 10. The restraints definitely need some improvement because, I mean, it obliterated your neck after a couple rides. Yeah, I'm sure it will, uh, it will be better if they actually did make a change. But either way, this will still mm -hmm. be a fantastic ride, I'm sure. And we'll um we'll dig back through our pictures and find those and we'll post them on Twitter. Uh 
fairly quickly after we post the episode so you can kind of see what we're talking about and you can debate it. Let us know what you think on Twitter or shoot us an email. Want to hear y'all's thoughts? Let us know what you think about it. So, All right. And uh, our very last story for our weekly news segment, since there hasn't been a whole lot of news this week, is um, SeaWorld CEO stepping down once again. Um, Do you remember the number of how many it was and how much time, Jack? I think it was seven. In seven what, and two, two and, and a half, half years? years or something. Yeah, was, that's not good. I know you don't. You good. kind of follow the business side of it. I get into the business of it a lot more. That's a lot of CEO changes in two and a half years. That's a lot of CEO changes in 20, 30 years. So yeah. I don't think anybody can say uh, that's a positive thing to have such inconsistency with with who is uh, leading the entire company. Well, you think about it. How many CEOs has Disney had? Five or six now? And they've been around for what? Like 2020? So More than SeaWorld. A lot more than SeaWorld. And they've had five or six CEOs total. And don't, I'm not 100% sure on the number, so this is, could be way off. I could be way wrong. But I know it's under 10. And the company has been around for how long? 80 years at least, I think, or right around it. A very long time. I'm going to check. Walt Disney Entertainment. Now that's... I need I need the history of the Walt Disney Company. Was founded in 1923. So it's literally almost 100 years old. Yeah. So, that gives you an idea. They've had... Big difference. Like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say ten CEOs. So they've had a CEO change like every ten years. But that's SeaWorld's like, nah, we can do better than that. Seven and two and a half. Yeah, that yeah, that is not a a positive thing. Hopefully, with who they're bringing in next, they'll be more consistent and lead them in the right direction. Because me and Jack, we were talking about it, and uh. Jack put it well. What did you say again? You said uh, it will either go really good or really bad. No matter what happens, it's probably going to be the extreme of one of those. There's no middle ground. It's going to be good or bad for this company. Hopefully good. Since yeah, hopefully good. My two favorite parks in Florida are them. I'm going to start begging all my friends at Hershend to um, consider buying at least a couple of the parks. I'd be cool with that, actually. <laughs> it, I do know for a fact that there were talks about it in 2016 and 2017. There were talks about a merger between the two. Honestly, if, if two companies were to merge, I think those are the two I could see doing it the best. Well, that was I'd right around the time when Seas was at its bottom and it looked like all hope was lost. So I'd say they're pretty similar business designs both are like a, a mixture of theming and thrills I, I can see them going together pretty well actually it was always one of the things it's like if a company were gonna buy SeaWorld, Hershen seemed like the obvious choice yeah it was just did they have the finance SeaWorld is a bigger company than Hershen. Hershen, no offense to your company Hershen just really knows how to manage their money yeah and it also helped that they are private. That's the other big thing that they would have had to deal with is Hershen is still a privately owned company. 
It is family owned and operated. So there's no stockholders to answer to, which is part of the reason they can just do what they want. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and that's a big thing with company mergers is if everyone remembers a couple months back, SeaWorld, or yes, not SeaWorld, Six Flags and the Cedar Fair merger and the stockholder payouts and all those discussions, that was the biggest thing with the Dollywood or Hershen SeaWorld merger would have been that Hershen would have had to pay off all their stockholders for a certain amount of time because they made an investment and expected to be paid, which is a big issue, especially for a company that only has two major theme parks and a bunch of minor attractions. Yeah. Okay, three major theme parks, if you really want to count that other one. Wild Adventures. Rip Wild Adventures. They don't get any investment. I feel bad for them. I'm actually thinking about going this year. Uh, I was going to try to go last year, but that didn't happen, sadly. I honestly don't think we're missing much. Like, two Vacomas and a wooden coaster that apparently isn't that great, but hey. Well, you're not, but they have, like, a decent amount of credits. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, I like credits, and, you know, there's some coasters out there that a lot of people don't really care for that I actually kind of, like, it's like, it's not my favorite, but I'll ride it, so. They have seven credits. I just looked it up. Like, that's Heck. a pretty good number. Even if they're trash, it's a good number. Heck, that's more, it's almost as much as Michigan's Adventure has. But Michigan's Adventure is Shivering Timber, so. Yes, which is a really good coaster. Which you and I, it, for, uh, that's a random thing I'll mention. So my, part of my family is from Michigan, so I've actually had the chance to visit Michigan's Adventure like 15 plus times over my life. So, I love to give opinions on that park because not many people have them. I might get to go this year. We'll see what happens. So, that's going to do it for our weekly news segment. Should we, uh, should we move on to our second segment of the show? Yeah, I think, yeah, so like we said, news, we'll just do what we have every week. So, yeah, move on to the second part, um, which is our off-topic segment, which is exactly what it sounds like. We're going to go off topic from theme parks and roller coasters onto something different. Um, I know for me, I like to use this to talk about movies I've seen or something f- interesting or fun I've done. So, uh, And this week, I'm doing a movie review. So, Chris, you can just go ahead and tell me out. All right. Uh, so I got to see Onward in theaters a couple weeks ago, and I got to watch it again on Disney Plus a couple nights ago. Very, very solid addition to the Pixar's, like, just phenomenal films overall. This one was no exception. Very well executed. Great visual storytelling, soundtrack. It, it's another home run. That being said, it's not my favorite Pixar movie. I have a few that I like more. Um, a lot of it, and this sounds stupid, if the movie makes me cry, which Pixar movies have a tendency to do, it's in my top five. because the. My five favorites have made me cry. This one did not make me cry, so. Um, but really, solid movie. Uh, if you like the Pixar theory, this, this was a challenge to figure out how it fits in. Um, but I think uh, the guys over at Super Carlin Brothers, go check them out. They're a wonderful YouTube channel. I think they figured out how it fits in. It's awesome. How, it's really cool, but 
overall great movie. Give it an eight, eight and a half, which for me is really, really good. So, okay. Um, for me this and, week, did you have something else? I, I was gonna say for you, you'll figure it out. Chris doesn't really care for movies, so he just sits yeah. there. I I don't care about them at all. I don't go to the movies hardly ever. Um, so for me. All I've really been doing, other than following theme park stuff like I usually do and watching YouTube, is uh, following my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my favorite yeah. NFL team. Go to games almost every season. And, uh, yeah, Tom, we got a little guy named Tom Brady. I don't know if you've heard of him. If you follow Who's that? Yeah, I know. You probably haven't heard of him. Uh, he's only a six-round draft pick, so I don't know why we spent $50 million on him, but, you know, whatever. Uh, oh, he's also won six Super Bowls, so I haven't been as excited for an NFL season. I'm, since, honestly, I can like, hear forever. the giddiness in your voice right now. So You have no idea how ready I am. Like, yeah, so I have to agree. I think, I think I told you my store manager is from Fort Lauderdale, and when she found out that Brady was coming to Tampa, she really hasn't stopped talking about it. If someone mentions football, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, that's that's what I've been focused on pretty much all week. I'm so ready for the season to start. Uh, hopefully, we win Super Bowl number two. And I think that's it for off topic. Yeah. So it'll vary every week. It's kind of like the buffer zone, so we can take a break from theme park just for a minute, and then we're back on them. So. All right. So. That was segment two of four of the show. Our third segment will be consistent uh, every single week, I think, unless we don't do it one week for whatever reason. But uh, this will be the Twisted Traveler's Ride of the Week. So basically how this is going to work is before each episode, or before one of our episodes, me and Jack, we will sit down and we'll just randomly go through rcdb until we get a coaster that at least one of us has ridden that's like of decent standards so no little kitties and parallels or vacomas or anything like that like bnms and stuff like that and once we actually get something we will use that to choose a theme and we'll just keep going through rcdb until we get four of that that theme and then we'll put it on a wheel and spin it during the episode and wherever we get we have to spontaneously review, and then the next week, we'll use that same wheel, just with only three now, because the other one will be gone. Uh, this week, we're going to do it a little bit different, though, because uh, we're going to tell a bit of a story that involves a certain coaster in the second half of the episode. And uh, that coaster is Fury 325, so that's what we decided we should review this week instead of starting off with the wheel. But the wheel will be here next week, so... Jack, uh, yes. you're on the clock. Go. I'm on the clock. Awesome. Okay. Zero two two five. Uh, I think y'all know the stats. Uh, one of, if not the greatest coaster ever built. It's awesome. Everything you anything and everything you can want in a coaster. Airtime, speed, pacing, forces. It's just it's all there. It's honestly, it feels like B and M was like, how can we make a perfect ride? And I think they got as close as they could get with this. Like, it's so 
well executed. Even five years after it's opened, it still is one of the smoothest rides I've ever ridden. And the night ride on this thing, no matter where you sit, but especially in the front row, it's honestly life-changing. Like I remember the first time I did it, I got off of it crying, not just because my eyes were full of tears because I rode in the front row. Like, it was cold. But, I mean, it was just so amazing the first time you got off of it. And, heck, it's beautiful. The trains are beautiful. The color scheme is beautiful. The sign's beautiful. Carowinds, B&M, everyone involved in this project, you did a fantastic job with this coaster. It is still one of my favorites and is in my top five right now. And if I were giving it, like, if I were going to say what is the best overall coaster, not my favorite, but what's just one of the best or what is the best, this would be my answer. Okay. So for me, uh, this ride is absolutely amazing. I agree with pretty much everything Jack said. Um, it's, it is a really pretty ride, and everything around it and everything that they did is just overall good looking. There's nothing bad looking about this ride. And then when it comes to ride experience itself, it obviously has those comfy B&M clamshells. And it has just one of the best layouts that will ever be designed. I think you're right about B&M saying just how can we make the perfect coaster? Because that's what it feels like they did. They went and made a ride that has such good pacing and has a perfect mixture of both good sustained airtime and just intense g-force you get sideways airtime you, you get near misses everything like it's what they did was amazing i don't know if they'll ever make another ride that's as good unless they were to do something like fury and just make it longer whoever has the money for that please do it but fury 325 i agree is one of the best rides in the world solidly in my top five mm -hmm. and Honestly, I might agree with it being the best ride ever built, like he said. Yeah, it's like, just amazing. Like you said, some of my favorite parts of it, like the straight up airtime's great, but some of those turns where they figured out how to give you airtime in the middle of a transition, like that's just awesome. Yeah. So and it, it's yeah. different from RMC sideways airtime too. Yeah, no, this is very like floaty, like zero G feeling airtime as you fly through these transitions, which I'm, I honestly, I'm going to say I prefer this type of sideways airtime to RMC sideways airtime. I don't know. I, I, know it's it's, close. I can't it's really hard. Pick. And it's like, I'm in love. My favorite element on lightning rod at Dollywood is the wave turn. Like I'm weird that way. I just love that thing. And it's super close, but it honestly could change based off your mood. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. The wave turn on lightning rod is amazing, but some of the sideways airtime you get on Fury and uh, the one moment in the second half of Mako like kind of make you think, oh, which one yeah, is that, better? Because yeah, I definitely little, say it's like, close. Whip moment in Mako where you just kind of go flying. It's great. Yeah. So. so that's pretty much the basis of Ride of the Week. It'll be different next week with the wheel. We'll, we'll see what theme we get. I'm interested yeah. to see how it goes for the first time. The wheel will be there. Everything else is the same. We'll do like a review of each of us and then maybe talk about it together for a bit after. But the only difference will be we will use the wheel next week to decide. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our next segment is uh, This Week in History. So this will usually be a very short segment where we just 
cover something that happened however long ago, the same week we're recording. Um, shouldn't take too long. We'll just throw our opinions in on whatever ride has something significant happen with it. So, for example, this week in history, 41 years ago, the Beast had its first test runs. So, yeah. what do you have to say, Jack, about the Beast? Okay, so, Kings Island, like I said, it's kind of one of my home parks. So, I love the Beast. All Everyone who's like, oh, it's boring, it, it's a piece of history, and it needs to be appreciated. So, anytime something comes up about this coaster, anytime I'm giving it given a chance to ride it, I take it, because this is just one of my like personal favorites. It's not the best coaster by any means, but it's just so much fun to ride. And I'll tell a story real quick. Um, last year on opening day for the park, it was the 40th anniversary. And during ERT, if you remember, they were giving away the t-shirts. And so there's this massive line of people waiting to get t-shirts. And so I left my dad's like, you stand here and wait in line for the t-shirts i'm gonna go see how far up the line goes well see the, the beast was open for ert that morning and they were keeping all the t-shirt people outside of the queue so i was like well it couldn't hurt to ride it so i got the i rode the beast and what the coolest thing about this though is just like 40 years ago when the ride opened it was pouring rain that morning and it was just so cool because it was just a bunch of coaster enthusiasts they're like 12, 15 of us, maybe, riding at this point in time, pouring rain, and it was just really, like, cool to be riding. It's like, this is how it was 40 years ago. A couple changes, but it was a lot of fun. Those are two of my favorite rides I got on it. My dad, I got back to my dad, and he's like, why are you so wet? I was like, well, I took the long way back. <laughs> 7,000 feet long. Well, actually, 14,000, because I rode it twice. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I agree with what Jack's saying about the beast. It's uh, it's obviously not the best ride, but it has such historical significance, and it's just a, a street classic, seven thousand feet of just fun. It, it's pretty smooth for its age, and even though it doesn't do that much, like it's got an awesome setting. The helix is great, and it's just got a lot of fun moments being that deep in the woods. And another thing. I do not have a night ride on the Beast, even oh, though yeah, I've been to Kings Island like three times. I was going to say, Kings Island, Beast night rides, again, not my favorite night ride anymore. I've got a couple I prefer. This is still one of the best night rides out there, though. It's, it's like people say, it doesn't really do much, but a night ride on this thing, especially if you get to do it in like October when you can ride it at like 1 a.m., it's pitch black and it's foggy. It's so creepy, and I love it. It just makes this ride. This is that's how it was intended to be ridden. I think was it like in a foggy, wet, like October evening. Yeah. Ne next time I go to Kings Island, I'll have to make sure to get a night ride on it. But even don't without having a night, a night ride, ride on it, it, I still think it's awesome. We yeah, we gotta get you a night ride on that. We gotta get you a night ride on Voyage because. That's another that, that will happen eventually. We'll save that review for another week, though. Um, so, yeah, that's this week in history. We'll just pick something random. Yeah. So, okay. on to and the main our, event. Our very last segment. So, this is going to vary week to week. We'll have trip reports a lot of the time. We might have ranking lists sometimes. Uh, 
feel like I'm missing something. Am I missing something? Uh, special guests, um, Q and A's with the audience, yeah, interactive questions, stuff like that. So this is really the front half of the show. We focus on a lot of things, like and spend five to ten minutes on each of them. Some preferably less, but trying to keep it where we just spend a couple minutes on each of them. The back half of the show is where we really just pick one thing and we spend 15, 20, even maybe 30 minutes just on that one topic. So, Yes, and uh, this this week's, you know, we're doing basically a little bit of a story time. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to do this too often, but we probably will occasionally. Yeah, yeah I'd say the only times you're going to hear story times like this in the future will probably actually be better classified as like trip reports because when we tell something like this it usually means we've seen each other in person which if you didn't figure out by the intro and us saying we live like 400 miles apart or something like that and only get to see each other a couple days of the year in person so those will be few and far between episodes when we actually film in the same room which is going to be weird the first time we do it (laughs) and if we go to like a new park like for this summer's trips maybe we'll do if I go to a new park, I'll do it one week. You do it one week, and then we just keep alternating for a bit. Yeah, and I've had there, I've got a ton of ideas that you and I can talk about off air for like park stuff once we get to us once we get to this mythical summer that seems to be evading us right now. Yes. But okay. This week's so, story time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to talk about basically how we met. It was a random day in Charlotte, North Carolina, and also. South Carolina or whatever it is. We yeah, it was at Carowinds. I'll just say that. We met in South Carolina. So. Okay, on the South Carolina side, yes. So, do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off? Um, I'll start off. Why not? All right. We're gonna tell. I think we're gonna tell like how what happened up until we met, like the brief synopsis of that. And then we're gonna talk about the rest of the day. Um, so 2018. Uh, I think I had right around. 98 credits or something like really close to 100 so my dad and i set out on this really big road trip we were going to hit all seven cedar fair parks east of the mississippi so started out at king's island did cedar point michigan's adventure canada's wonderland we stopped at knobles for a few hours because why not then dorney king's dominion and we finished it all off 17 days later at carowinds um we've been to about half of those parks before so Carowinds, we'd been to, and it was just our last stop. It's like, well, of course, we got to stop at Carowinds and do Fury and ride all the coasters. It was just so much fun. So we got there. Um, we spent two days there, half a day one night, a full day, and then another half a day the next day. And on the full day, like I said, I do the Throwing Moments Photography Twitter page. So I always set aside a couple hours of my day to just take pictures. And so that day, I was like, I want to go outside and walk the entire length of Fury and take pictures. So about three hours later, after some really slow dispatches and several thousand pictures, I was finally like, okay, I'm tired of taking pictures. Let's go ride a coaster. We were walking back into the park. And on our way in, um, we got... We stopped to get a drink at a refill station. I'll stop there. Yeah. Um, so 
I this was my first ever big coaster road trip of me being an enthusiast. This was my first year being an enthusiast, and I had a lot of bucket list rides. Uh, being a young, newer, and younger enthusiast, which were just like a lot of the big coasters, and some of them happened to be pretty close to me. And uh, the main one was Lightning Rod, so went to Dollywood, and then definitely wanted to go to Cedar Point. But so we were like, okay, let's just get a platinum pass, Kings Island on the way, go to Cedar Point, and hit Carowinds on the way back home. So it worked out perfectly because Fury was a ride that I had always really, really wanted to ride. And basically, we had done Cedar Point the day before, and we were driving to Charlotte to uh, stay the night. And we didn't plan on doing Carowinds that night, but I was in a bad mood. I forget why. I think something happened that just made me mad. And uh, my parents were like, well, to make it better, do you want to go to Carowinds for the night? We have Platinum Passes. I mean, we might as well. We can go get a couple rides in. So I was like, you know what? No, I'm in such a bad mood. I don't want to go to Carowinds right now. But I ended up changing my mind. If I didn't change my mind, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. And uh, so, yeah, went back to the hotel, got changed, went to Carowinds. And uh, I walked in for the first time, you know, just admiring Fury. And then uh, I went to that same drink stand where Jack and his dad were. And yeah, basically from there, we just hung out for the rest of the night. And there's there's more to it than that, for sure. Yeah, we're going to tell the rest of it. So I think at that point, you said something about my dad's shirt. He was wearing an RMC t-shirt that night. Um, I think I commented, you were wearing a lightning rod hat. And I said that I liked the hat. And we got talking about lightning rod. One thing led to another, which led to another, which led to us starting to, like, I think, click by that point. And then it's like, okay, let's just go ride some coasters. We had our drinks at that point, and we headed for Intimidator, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, uh, I had told you that you, you were like, have you ridden Fury yet? And I was like, no, yeah, yeah. it's my first time here. And you were like, okay, well, we need to go ride that right now. Then let's go ride Fury. And I was like, hold up. I, I'm at 91 credits. So. I needed to get to uh, 99 before I could ride Fury because I wanted to make it 100. So it kind of turned into our goal for the end of the night to get like nine credits in the last, I'd say, two and a half hours of operation and get Fury last ride of the night, hopefully front row. Yeah, so I said... uh, It worked well. Basically, my words were, oh, you're trying to make Fury your 100th coaster? Well, there's only one way to do that. You got to do front row last ride of the night. It's like, and pretty much, I think you kind of gave me the, well, I don't know if it's possible thing. That was like, the whole thing yeah. is like, is it possible? And I was like, confident we could make it happen. But. I thought I was going to have to wait till the next morning to ride it, which would have been such a tease for me to go back that night and ride, you know, some of the good coasters and some of the trash coasters that Carowinds has and not have ridden Fury. But yeah, we we went for it. Yeah, we I, we went for it, but first we did Intimidator. I think we, I'd ridden it before. Um, I had every credit. Actually, I did not have every credit at the park when I met you. So the kitty coaster. No, I had yet to ride Nighthawk, and I didn't have the kitty credit either. But I had yet to ride Nighthawk at that point. Oh yeah, I, I did not ride track. Nighthawk until that next morning. So <laughs> that was the first thing we did because like I'm just let's get the credit. I've not ridden it since so. Yeah, that, but that's we did Intimidator. Not a good Sorry, ride. I interrupted. Um, then Kitty Hawk, or 
Was it called Kitty Hawk back? I don't remember. It was Kitty Hawk. Okay. Um, it changed names at some point. <laughs> that actually had a line, Kitty Hawk. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember random details about that line. Um, like this kind, of, I could like kind of actually remember the people that were around. <laughs> I can remember some of the conversations we had. Like we we ended up talking about YouTubers. Yeah, we talked and, about uh, YouTubers. I think I talked about my photography for a bit. Yeah. This is actually so, before the Twitter page started. I started the Twitter page a few days after this trip. So oh yeah? Yeah, I think the Twitter page was started June 19th or 20th, I think. I can't remember which. But, right, um, well, anyways, hard. yeah, that was trash. Yeah, it's not that great, especially after you've ridden Dragonfly. Once you ride Dragonfly, it's like, wait, this is what Vacoma inverts can be like? They f- they fixed their ways. Oh, yes, they did. So, um, let's see. Dickity after, Hawk. Yeah, after that, we split up, and my dad and I went to get food, because we'd been going at it all day, and I also wanted to drop my camera bag. Um, it, it's not, I wasn't using a really heavy camera bag then, but after you've carried it around for five or six hours, and I used, my bags are all black. It gets hot and it hurts your shoulders. So I was like, I'm going to get rid of the camera bag. We exchanged cell phone numbers. Um, and we also grabbed something to eat. Y'all went to ride afterwards, afterwards. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that was that was a good ride. I enjoyed that. And uh, after I did that, he finished eating and then you came and met us uh, kind of near where Plants vs. Zombies is and near Afterburn as well. And uh, from there, it was just straight go. Like, have to get every single credit that yeah, we can. I was still determined. I was like, I can, we can do this. So I was like, we can make this happen. I was like, I know this park well enough. And we have enough time. It was cutting close, but... It was cutting close, but we have enough time. And so we yeah. started our massive credit thing. I think this was around 8, 8, 15, 8, 30 even, maybe. We were pushing it already. I was like, okay, we can do this if we play our cards right. So I think the first thing we did was the order oh. after this gets a little like shaky. I can't remember exactly what order we did it in. Hurler and Vortex were our next two. Don't remember yeah. which order exactly. I think we did Hurler first and then Vortex was the first ride that nearly screwed up our plans. We got stuck um, on the brake run for like 15 minutes. Yeah, and I've recounted the story I think the first time the first time I rode that ride, I had a broken foot, which is a really funny story. Mm-hmm. The ride ops were like, you can't ride with a broken foot, can you? I was like, watch me. Uh, yeah. Don't ride yeah. with a broken foot, kids. It hurts. It hurts in general. That's true. But when you literally, like, when one of the bones in your foot is split in half, it hurts more. Yeah. So, did both Hurler and Vortex... Once a Carolina Cyclone, which me and Jack both agree is underrated and actually a really good arrow looper. Second to back row, people. Second to back row. Then we did Carolina Gold Rusher, and we got in the station, and uh, we were, like, really cutting it close to this point. So Jack just leaves from the row that I was in. He goes and sits with a random person, and I sit with a random person. And that probably saved us. Yeah, and I've always wanted... I don't think I've ever asked you, what were your thoughts in that moment when I was like, I was just kind of like, okay. I mean, I didn't care. It didn't make a difference to me. 
I was just kept so that ride the first time I ever rode it, I think I waited like an hour and a half for it. And it was literally just because their operations are horrendous. Like if there was a ride that, that they have the worst operations in the park, so Yeah. And but we got okay, off so that. At this point I was at what, ninety eight? Yes. So we went and rode um the what you the flying the cobras. Awful, yes, the boomerang, which is not awful. It's a boomerang, but it's one of the better ones. So. It's got fast restraint, so it's yes. pretty good. Uh, front row near Zen Ride, they were pretty quick operations there. That helped us. And then at this yep. point, we only had like what six minutes before Something close. Like that. We had, I think, when we left Flying Cobras, we had ten minutes, and we had six minutes once we made it to Fury because there were some slow people we had to run around. But at this yeah. point, it was like an all-out tease. And I remember when we went to ride a hurler. Don't look to your right. Don't look to your right. Don't look to your right. I did right. anyway. It hurts. You look to your I, right. And, like, oh. and this time I was like, okay, now you get to go stare at it. It's in full beauty, but just run right past it and get in line. <laughs> and so we got in line. And then and after, you uh, you went and got water because you were thirsty. After all that running, I was thirsty. <laughs> so I got yeah. out of line and went to get some water. And I, I spilled it like half of it on myself running back to the queue. I don't know if yeah, I you told you barely that. made it in line. Yep. And they literally, as I got in line, the chain went on right behind me, and we were the last people in line. So at this point, it's like, okay, we're on the last train. Probably not going to get front row. So we waited, what, 10 minutes maybe? Yeah. We got and front row anyway. We got, yeah, we got front row. That is fate if I've ever like seen it. Last train of the night, front row. It was amazing. First time riding it as my 100 coaster, and it just blew me away. Fantastic ride. I mean, we already talked about it earlier. Yeah, we gave our reviews of it earlier. If you want to hear them again, just rewind and then come back to that here once you're done. Um, still, I mean, it's like we said, it's a great ride. You got your 100th credit. We had completed our goal, which was insane. Um, that's still one of my favorite. I love to tell that story to even to some of my friends that aren't coaster enthusiasts. They're like, "So, what's your favorite like theme park like crazy story?" And I'm like, "Well, that this one. This is a lot of fun." Yeah, um, that was one of the best days at a park in general. Yeah, and uh, that that led to this. We yeah, uh, so, we didn't meet back up until almost a year later at a uh, Kentucky Kingdom. Yeah, I remember we walked out of the park that night. We talked pretty much the whole way out until we had the split because my dad and I had gotten there. At pretty much as early as possible so we were like in the first couple rows and y'all were not far away but far enough away to where we had to go separate ways yeah um and i remember getting back to the hotel um and i don't know if i've ever told you this and i i feel bad but people who know me know i have a i'm really bad with names i forgot your name for like that entire night i had to oh, nice. was, yeah I have awful, I can barely remember people at my school's names. Like, I have, if there's one thing I fail at in life, it's remembering names, so. I'm not good at names either, but yours was easy for me to remember because it was the same name as my dog. Yeah. I have, it's weird. I don't know, I've also never told you that the number of people that I know named Chris is a lot. Like, I don't know how. And it's a fairly common name. Yeah, but it just feels like, a lot. <laughs> like, but yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we, I remember that sure. night. It's like, we, it's like it was one of those. There's two options. 
we're either never going to talk again or we're going to be friends. So. Yeah, I thought the same way. And uh, now we're here. Yep. But yeah. Texting. That was our story time for the night. Talking. Yep. So that's story time. We're going to do and random things throughout. That was we got a bunch of stuff segment. lined up to do. So. Yeah. That's so, going to do it. Yeah, a little bit of housekeeping, and then we're out for the night. Um, the first thing up is we record on Monday nights. So this is recorded on April 6th, um, 2020. That's, that's the year. Um, and it's going to drop on April 10th. Most of the time, it would drop on a Wednesday. So this week, we're doing a month recording on Monday, and it's going to drop on a Friday. Give us a little more time to edit, get everything finalized. Going forward, it will be record on Monday, edit Tuesday, and I'll release the show Wednesday morning at some point. Um, yep. And pretty much that. Um, follow us on Twitter. It's at Twisted Traveler, but change the R at the end to a one. The person who has at Twisted Traveler, like the real thing right now, we're trying to get that um, handle, but we're working on it. We'll let you know when we do, but for now, it's <laughs> Twisted Traveler. But the R is a one. So, yep. And if you have any thoughts, feedback, questions, comments, concerns, criticism, please, not that much criticism. We want y'all to like this. Um, Constructive criticism. At all, send us an email. It's on the website, but just for you, it's twistedtravelers at outlook.com. Send us a message. Um, just let us know what you think. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Do you have anything you want to add before we get off? Nope, and that's it. That's it, folks. So, uh, stay classy and loose out front. Should have told you, we're closed. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>